I want you to consider uh, an idea. And that is how wrong it would be if we sang the familiar Christmas songs that we sang this morning or that we've been singing all this season. And, and instead we started substituting someone else in the place of Jesus. And we're singing those songs about someone else. This is going to be hard for you maybe to wrap your mind around, but let me just give you an example. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Very familiar phrase. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till Francis appeared and the soul felt its worth. You say, Francis, what, who are you singing about? We're supposed to be singing about Jesus. I, I didn't know that was about Jesus. I just always sing that song about my elf on a shelf, Francis. And whenever he appears, we start singing the song, and I, his, his appearance always makes my soul feel its worth. I always know, man, I should be a good boy because he's now here, and what I do matters. It's a bit silly, I understand, but please follow me. Imagine singing joy to the world about someone else. He makes the nations prove the wonders of his love. Is it really hard to imagine someone who may be very familiar with Christmas songs, but not really know what Christmas is about? And that person sings about the one person he thinks that makes sense of. He makes the nations prove the wonders of his love, thinking about the president of the United States. <laughs> Hold up. Uh, I think uh, you're probably good and ready now to hear some truth. I just want to make this point. It'd be all kinds of wrong to sing a song about God, about someone else. Look at Psalm 118. Here's one of these very familiar songs. Psalm 118, verse 24. Do you see it? Do you hear the song? Can you sing the song? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that familiar? And who are you singing about when you sing it? What are you thinking about when you sing that song? The title of this sermon is this. Is this the day? that the Lord has made. I want you to think about that. Is this, like today, the day we're currently living, is this the day that the Lord has made? And that's what we're always singing, isn't it? That's when we sing this verse to ourselves. It's whenever adults... Uh, don't really want to adult that day. And they say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. You sing that song when you've got a case of the Mondays. 
You don't like the way the, the week looks. You're not looking forward to it. And so you try to encourage your heart. Oh, but this day the Lord made. And so I'm going to rejoice. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to be glad in this day. Who knows what's going to happen today? In other words, it's my understanding that we reach for this very familiar song and we sing it or we post it on Facebook to encourage our hearts about today. Always, we're always thinking about trying to find joy in today. Now, is this the day that the Lord has made? Now, one obvious answer I have to give, and that is, of course it is. Of course the Lord made today. Who else made it? Of course, the Lord is ruling over today. And every day that we live, He's going to be good. And every day He's going to pour out blessing. But here this morning, I'm asking a different question. When we take that familiar verse and we sing it, are we singing it the way that it's supposed to be sung? Is verse 24 about our day? This is something that you should want an answer to. If you're someone who wants joy, you understand what joy is. Joy is not just happiness. It's, it's a happiness that is so deep that sad circumstances cannot ruin it. And, and you should want to know this as the people of God. Because Christians should be the most joy-filled people in all the world. I don't know if you regularly feel joy-filled, though. So very often, I don't feel joy. And I'm going to submit to you this morning that that may be because my heart looks for joy in all the wrong places. Or you could say, in all the wrong days. What if I told you that if you just read around this verse, that God makes it clear what day He's talking about, and it's not today. It's not about what happens in your day. And maybe we're singing it all wrong. Here's why I'm not trying to be mean when I, when I offer this correction to us for how we've misunderstood this song. I, I'm trying to give you joy. And if you get the day wrong, you're going to get none of the joy that, all, that God offers on that day. Here's the sermon in a sentence. You can find joy today if you focus on the right day. You can find joy today, no matter what happens today, only if you focus on the right day. So let's hear what God says and let's find three days that God tells us actually to rejoice in. Point number one. 
Here is what God meant when He said, this is the day that we should rejoice in and be glad in. Point number one, I will rejoice in good Friday. I will rejoice in good Friday. All I wanted for Christmas is two pronouns that I could preach on the following Sunday. And I got them right here in verse 24. Two pronouns. Uh, preachers love to preach pronouns. This one does anyway. This is absolutely key in verse 24. I want you to look at those familiar words again and find those pronouns. These, these words that stand in place of other words. Verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in, here's the second one, it. This day is the day the Lord has made. We are going to rejoice and be glad in it. This day, this one day that God has been talking about. you you got to understand what is the right day that He's commanding you to find your joy in. And he's been talking about it. Look, right after this, he says in verse 25, uh, save us, we pray, O Lord. This is a day that has something to do with salvation. It's a day right before our verse that he's been talking about and how he's going to save. Look in verse 22. Look in verse 22. Even in verse 21, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The same this, the same it is about verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the corner. So what is the day that you need to focus on today? If you are going to have joy today, you need to stop focusing on your day. If you're going to have joy today, don't, don't sing this song when you're thinking about all that you have in front of you that day. And just be thinking, maybe God's going to turn it around and make it better than I think it's going to be. I may not be feeling great about my day, but the the Lord's made the day. That's not what he's saying at all. In verse 24, he's talking about the day that the stone was rejected. The day that the New Testament talks about over and over again, because God in his word is concerned with giving us real joy. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Peter and John have just, if you remember, they've been involved in healing this man who had been paralyzed all of his life. could never walk. And people are wondering, how is it that these two men have power to make someone walk, to raise him up? who has never walked in his life. 
And then Peter stands up and says, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. And then he and then he quotes our verse. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the Jewish people, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And then Peter says, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You can have joy according to God if you focus and only if you focus on Jesus' rejection for you. When God's people see God's Son and they reject Him. And then they kill Him. They were, it's, it's using the language of a stone and, and builders building a house and going up to a, a pile of stones and deciding which ones are good enough to build the house of God. If we were to build a house for God where God is going to live with His people, we need to start with the very best stone. They look through all the stones and when they look at Jesus, the stone, they say he's not good enough to include in this project. We reject him. We throw him aside. And they did this in killing him on a cross. And God says, that is the day where you will find all of your joy and gladness. When God's son was rejected for sinners. Listen to me. The only way you can get into God's house, the only way you can come into God's holy and perfect home is not just by walking in yourself. You're not good enough. You're a sinner. And you deserve to be cast out of His presence forever. So do I. This is why Jesus came to the world. To live the life that we did not live. To fill His life with righteousness. So that when he died on a cross, he can die in the place of others. Because he doesn't deserve death. And this is what he did on the cross. When his own people rejected him. God uses his death on the cross to forgive sinners and bring them into his presence. Into great joy. Friend, there is no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. Will you call out to Him and trust Him and He will save you and lead you to joy? But understand this. Trusting in Jesus means never rejoicing in today. I wonder if anyone can feel that a day after a holiday. Did any of you experience not just happiness yesterday? Maybe you looked forward to Christmas all the year long and it just didn't add up to the fullness of happiness that you were hoping for. Well, don't rejoice in any day. Don't rejoice in your birthday. Don't rejoice in your wedding day. Don't rejoice in a day that you get a promotion. Don't rejoice, children, in the day that you scored the winning goal. 
You cannot find joy today unless you focus on Good Friday. That day that Christ died in the place of sinners. If you want joy then, listen to me, you all want joy, I know you do. If you want it, you may need to step away from your to-do list and trying to be just so productive with your day, thinking that's going to make you happy. You may need to step away from that new Netflix episode. That's not where joy will actually be found. And it will not bring you the joy that God is talking about anyway to have all your kids under one roof finally. That's not where it's at. Maybe this sounds simplistic, but I'm going to encourage you to really old and common habits of just holding God to His Word. He says that is the day that you should rejoice in, the day that His Son was rejected for sinners. So read your Bibles if you want joy. And when you read the Word, make sure you don't finish that day without connecting it to Christ on the cross. That's where you'll find joy. Or, or maybe get in the habit over the next year that during the lunch hour, you're going to read an excerpt from this book called Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent that just takes you through dozens of reflections of what the Gospel means for you. That's where you'll find joy. If you want joy, start having more conversations with your friends and family about how much you love that Christ was rejected for you. We don't like that Christ is rejected by anyone. But we do love that He was rejected for us so that we could be accepted by God. If you want joy, get more comfortable with confessing how sinful you are. Get, get more eager to tell someone else how badly you hurt them because you have confidence that God forgives those who trust in Christ. If you want joy, start forgiving people a lot more freely. When someone hurts you deeply, if you want joy, forgive them quickly and fully because God has forgiven you in Christ. Everything that turns our attention to Christ dying in the place of sinners is what we should focus on if we want joy. You can find joy every day if you focus on the right day. The second point I want to make this morning is is the second day that God is talking about when He talks about finding joy. It's not just on Good Friday. In fact, Psalm 118 verse 22 is talking about a second day there if you're paying attention. So commit yourself to rejoicing in resurrection. Sunday. Make a vow. I will rejoice in Good Friday and I will rejoice in Resurrection Sunday. God is telling you, beloved, where to find gladness. And it is all, it's, none of it is, is, is in what happens to you. All of it is in what happened to the stone. Jesus. What the builders did to Him And then what God did for him. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. God has looked at the same pile of stones that man rejected. That man did not think was worthy of associating with 
living with God. And God said, that's the stone. If the day that the builders rejected the stone was the day that, that, that God's people killed Jesus on a cross, then the day that God chose Jesus as the cornerstone, as the first stone to be laid down, that every other stone would be built around, the, the primary stone, the, the only stone that is needed in order to build His house, to live with God's people, that day was the day that God raised Him from the dead. So if you want joy, you've got to be someone who just every day wakes up and says, I'm not going to rejoice in today. I'm going to rejoice in Resurrection Sunday. You can find joy today if you focus on the day that God raised His Son from the dead and says, they may not have seen anything in you, but I see everything that's needed in you. Everything that's needed for me to live with sinners, you have done. And He raised Him from the dead to then save sinners. Most of us are in a constant battle for joy. Would you just consider that you're expecting to find joy in what happens to you? And what happens on this day for you? Or, or alternately, what, what happens in your day maybe doesn't bring you joy at all and something can happen to you on any given day and it can actually crush you. Why is that? It's because this is not the day that the Lord made to bring us joy. He wants us to rejoice in the day that God studied all that Christ had done, all of his life, all of his death. And then he picked him up. He said, everyone come into my home through him. Listen to me. Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday are the days of joy. And God's house is the place of joy. I want to make an appeal to you. Because I am after the glory of our Savior. And I am after your joy. If what you want is joy, what you need is Sundays. Lots of Sundays. Lots and lots. A life full of Sundays with a church that will focus your attention on the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, everyone wants joy and many neglect to worship God. You should resolve over the next week, church is the one thing in my life that I will skip everything else for. That is, if you want joy. You can find joy today if you focus on the right day. And there's actually a third day that God points us to. Not just Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, 
I wonder if you heard this earlier from First Peter chapter one. Let's turn there. First Peter chapter one toward the end of your Bibles. The same kind of language is spoken of about today in comparison to another day where we can find real joy. First Peter chapter one. The days that the Lord has made for our joy. I will rejoice in Good Friday. I will rejoice and be glad in Resurrection Sunday. And I will rejoice in the last day. The last day. Look with me in First Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, and here He's going to start talking about Resurrection Sunday. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We live with hope because according to His great mercy, He used the resurrection of Jesus to actually cause us to be born to this new life that, that is marked by hope. Every single day, I live with hope. About what? Not that today is going to be awesome. Specifically, he does not talk about today that way. Listen, verse 4. My hope is in an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and it's kept in heaven for me. It's safe there. No matter what happens today, I'm living today with hope of an inheritance that I now have because Christ took my curse. He gives me His inheritance and it's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. It's in heaven no matter what happens here on earth. Verse 5, who, that's us, are being, by God's power, being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, in the last day. Look in verse 6. In this you rejoice. You rejoice in this. The inheritance that you will not touch until the last day. What does verse 6 say about today? In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result when, in praise and glory and honor, when, at the revelation of Jesus Christ on the last day, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, now, why would I put all my hope and joy in what happens to me now? My hope and joy is when I see Him and, and receive the inheritance He won for me. You believe in Him and rejoice. Even though you don't see Him, you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls, which comes to us when we see Him. Oh, if you will let this really set into your heart and your habits, then you will stop doing what I do so regularly. And that is to think that if my life goes well, 
If today can go well, if that meeting ends up going well, if someone can encourage me, then I'm going to be happy, so happy maybe that nothing can upset me. That is instinctive to us. That is so very foolish. It is going to take discipline. It is going to take you effort if you're going to have joy. You've got to stop staking your joy on anything that happens to you on any day. What does Jesus say about today? It's full of trouble. Something and you're going to get full of joy based on what happens today. When God talks about joy, he talks about when to find it. Now you are grieved. Today you will, will be filled with grief. It will be filled with trials. It will be filled with tests. He said that's what today's are for. They're for tests that, that, that will make you question whether God is good. Test the genuineness. Do you really believe? Do you really want Him? Are you really living for Him and, and waiting for Him? Are you like the rest of the world and just want your days to be awesome? No, rejoice in the inheritance that is being kept. You don't have your hands on it. It's being kept in heaven for you. You, don't, you can't get it until you get there. Now you can rejoice because it is coming to you. You can find joy today if you focus on the last day. Now, some of you Scrooges, I know, I know y'all. Some of you Scrooges have very particular rules about when we're allowed to sing Christmas songs. Probably really upset of those first two songs of today. I mean, December 26 is about as far away as you can get. To Christmas. Well, I'm not like you. I like them all the time. And so this morning, as I was prayerfully asking God for heart, I was listening to O Holy Night on repeat. And God reminded me of this phrase. Sweet hymns of joy. In grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise His name forever. You want to sing a song of joy. Then your heart has to be full of praise. Not concerned for yourself. If you want joy, your heart has to be so full of Christ, there's no room to worry about what's going to happen to you today. This is what we sing. If all within us is going to praise Him, then we're not going to be focused on our circumstances. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If you want to enjoy your day, do not try to find joy in your day. Instead, praise His holy name. 
Praise His power. Praise His glory. Focus upon that and you will be led to joy. God promises it. Put Him to the test. Focus about uh, on the, the power of the one who defeated death for you. Focus on the power of one who, when he returns, every cemetery will be emptied. Focus on the glory of the one who every tongue will confess and every knee will bow to, including those who spent an entire life refusing to do so. They will on that day when they see him in all of his glory. And focus upon the glory. The one who's coming for you, beloved. And you will see him. And he will finish what he promised. And saving you to the very end. So some of us maybe need to start saying something maybe we don't say all that often. And that is, not today, devil. Y'all know that that phrase? Not today, devil. Like, uh, for example, when uh, you feel especially dis- uh, tempted toward discouragement or tempted to, to fall into a trap, and then you look at the devil and you say, not today, devil. I ain't falling for your schemes today, or if I see my favorite ice cream, a full whatever. Not today, devil. I ain't going to give into that today. I want you to sing. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in I want you to sing it. I actually want you to sing it more than you do. Sing it every day. And then say, not today, devil. Not today. This is not the day. The one I'm living right now is not the day the Lord has made. I will not be glad in today. Today may be awful. Todays are filled with losing our temper with people we love. Today, something you prayed so much for may be taken away from you. Today, something you have confessed for repeatedly you may fail out again. Today, you may get a life-ending diagnosis. That can happen. And all of those could even happen in one day. And your joy doesn't have to dip one inch. Because the inheritance that Jesus has won for us will still be imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. But what if today's great? Today you may laugh with your friends. Today you may get a glimpse of your child or your grandchild and you get caught up in wonder that you get to know so amazing a person. Today you may have a, a wonderful meal Today, you may hear that I love you, that you've been waiting to hear. You may get that really great hug. Nothing that happens today compares to the day 
Jesus, the Son of God, died for me. And God raised him for me. For me, who esteemed him not. For me, on that day, for my joy, he would die for my transgressions. His wounds might heal my diseased and doubting and disobeying heart. On that day, when God, only God, could make a way for my sins not to be punished in me, but them to be truly punished. On that day, when His Beloved Son, and the portion that He deserves is shared with many. Joy never comes from what happens to you. Joy can only come from what Jesus did for you. And you can find joy today if you focus on the right day. Father in heaven, we pray that you would make us wise and turn us away from the foolish pursuits of joy and things that happen to our day. Free us, God. Make us the people of faith who cannot be shaken by any sad circumstance because of Good Friday when our Savior was rejected for us. Because of Resurrection Sunday when our Savior was raised to give us life. And because of that last day when He will bring the inheritance we really are waiting for. Oh God, make us a people who are full of joy because we're focused on the right day. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.